Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Slow down. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town Baby Where did these be at when they said they doing all this and all that? Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN And joining me now in his normal time slot is Christian Fowler Senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media On Twitter at CFowlerBCM You can listen to the pod with me and him Hey Anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you can go to YouTube. It's the On the Bluff pod. Christian, how how we doing? Doing good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It feels great outside. You always bring the good weather on a Tuesday. We know that. Um, uh, let's let's start hot and heavy. You buying what LeBron's selling? <laughs> you buying it? What's LeBron selling now? Well, I mean, come on. Let's see. Don't act like you haven't seen any any news drops. He's trying to talk about um, maybe moving away from the game of basketball. He says he has a lot to think about personally with me moving forward with the game of basketball. And he, then he said again, I have a lot to think about. And then he ta- talked to ESPN. Um, it said, when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we be pulling on that? What a question, by the way. Um, <laughs> the answer was, if I want to continue to play, the ESPN asked, as in next year, he said, yeah, you would walk away. ESPN asked, he said, I got to think about it. Are we buying what he's selling? I mean, I believe having to think about it. I was right at that age, at 38 years old, haven't made it to the finals, and what this will be the third year now they won it in 2020. So not a ton of playoff success over the last couple of years. Obviously got to the conference finals and got swept this season. So I'm not going to say I don't believe it because, I mean, at that age with that many miles on the body, 20 years in the league, like – of course you should think about it. Like you should go home after the season ends and think about, can I keep doing this? But the recurring theme through at least the last, what, year and a half, two years, if not longer than that, has been he's not leaving until Bronny gets to the league. So I don't know how much to buy it or how much to buy into it or how much to look into it, but I believe it's definitely got to be a thought for him at this point in his career. But I, I guess the question here, do you believe he'll retire? No, I Okay, I thank you. Yes, that, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. I He is a PR god. Let's be honest about this. Absolutely. Like, instead of talking about the Nuggets getting to their first NBA Finals, we're talking about LeBron James and his potential to retire this offseason. Like, that that in my in my head is where I go. I, I just I, – he, he controls the narrative, man. He really does. 
Yeah, it's honestly pretty insane. Like me and you were talking about this last time on the podcast with with Carmelo retiring. The whole yep. narrative behind it is that LeBron is the last player left from the 2003 class. And then you see all the videos on Bleach Report, ESPN, all this stuff where it's like him and Melo. And it's like, no, this isn't about LeBron. This is about Carmelo. And then the same thing with the narratives uh, throughout the Western Conference Finals was it was always about LeBron and the Lakers and nothing about the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And I, to me, it, it, does, it gets a little bit old to me that everything in basketball has to be about LeBron. But at the same time, I get it. Like He is the biggest star in NBA history. Uh, one of, if not the greatest player of all time. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. The storylines are always going to follow LeBron. People are always going to care what's going on with LeBron and how situations are correlated to LeBron. But we got to let some other players and teams get some shine every once in a while. <laughs> right. Um, if that was his last performance, though, let's say he does retire, 40-10-9 and and one turnover, I uh, I think I could live with that. I know people yeah. will say, well, he got swept up out of the, the, the Western Conference Finals. I, 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 as, much as, I, as much as I think that he's a very competitive guy, I don't think I, I much care about that part of it. He's 38, and he just dropped 40-10-9 and in an NBA playoff game in the Western right, yeah. Conference Finals. I could, I could live with that being his last performance. Yeah, and I think if he, like you're saying, if he was to call it a day, that is not, it's not the best way to go out, but it's certainly not the worst way to go out. It's not like he went out washed up if he does decide to leave the game. Clearly not washed up. He went nuclear, especially in the first half. Would he have 31 at halftime in that yeah, game? It, I mean, we were, we, were, we were recording the podcast last night, and what do you have, 23 with two minutes gone in the, in the second quarter? <laughs> it was right, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. The floor. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. I, I don't think AD gave him quite enough. Um, D'Angelo Russell was really bad throughout the entire series, but I thought LeBron was good enough to win ball games in that series as a whole. But the uh, the Nuggets are just the better team. I mean, in that it's, it seems pretty simple. Yeah, it's. I mean, we kind of saw this all year, but you had you still had the storylines of because we've seen this so many times in the NBA playoffs. Is like you have your regular season darling, but can they play that well in the playoffs? Think back to. Uh, the Raptors think back to uh, the Hawks that year with with Bud and the four four All Stars that they had. So there's there's plenty of precedent for number one seeds and top teams not showing up in the playoffs or just not being the most talented team. And when you think about those Raptors teams that were one seed multiple times, they had to play uh, against LeBron James, and you know, and that that just was a different caliber of of player and team overall. But this year with the Nuggets, I mean, I think we talked about this last night. They're such a well-balanced team. They have arguably the best player in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. They have yep. one of those just playoff, ridiculous playoff players in Jamal Murray, much like you know Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell, guys that have a completely different gear in the playoffs. Jamal Murray is another perfect example of that. And then the glue guys that play so well uh, in the areas and in the roles that they're supposed to with Bruce Brown and KCP and uh, Aaron Gordon, so they just have so many quality players, and on top of that, have two superstars in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. So it, it's not surprising. Maybe the sweep is a little bit surprising, but I, I mean, I believe that you could make an argument throughout the year that they were the best team 
uh, in the NBA alongside the Celtics. I am so ready for the Bruce Brown Legacy Series coming up here in the NBA Finals. <laughs> I'm so ready for it. You know how much I love Bruce Brown. You and Con- Connor yeah. knows this as well. I'm a Bruce Brown fanatic. But with with uh, Nikola Jokic, it's so hard to argue he's not the best player in the NBA, especially with what we're seeing him do in the NBA playoffs. And, and, and also, I, I was just amazed to see him accept the Western Conference Finals MVP award and he was asked what it means to to win that award. He said nothing. It means nothing. This dude is this dude is a different breed. And and he, I I know he gets a lot of respect. I know he's won he won two MVPs before this year. He was second in voting uh, this year behind Joel Embiid. But my God, man, like I you got to respect this guy's work. It's been unbelievable. And the Nuggets really have persevered. That's sort of the biggest thing when I look at this team is. They have had, year after year, trials and tribulations. Michael Porter Jr. with his back. You had Jamal Murray with his ACL. Um, They were just never able to get over the hump. They stuck with Michael Malone this entire time. They retooled as best they could, and they finally seem seem to have found the formula. Yeah, if if you're – I know some people are big, like, let's let's hope the best teams – not the best teams, but the biggest market teams make it – to the finals, and I'm not in that camp. I'm in the best. If you, know, you win 12 best. games, you get the platform. I, I don't right. give it. I don't. I don't care what market you're part of. Right, and I, I'm totally with that because I think the Nuggets are a lot of fun to watch play. I think Nikola Jokic is easily one of the funnest players to watch in the NBA. A lot of people, you know, if you just looked at him and and looked at you know his size and maybe his lack of athletic ability overall, be like, oh, he's not fun to watch play. But I love watching Nikola Jokic play. I love his selflessness. I love what he does with the ball in his hands. I love how dominant he is down low. I'm a huge Nikola Jokic fan, so I'm I'm stoked for the Nuggets. I mean, like you said, they've had so many of those seasons where it's like, okay, if this falls right, they can make it, and it just didn't happen. MPJ with the back, um, and then you had Jamal Murray with the ACL, and then you had Jamal Murray trying to come back and not being you know, fully himself yet because we know it usually – takes a player a season or half a season or something along those lines to get to get back to themselves from an ACL injury. So it's cool to see them finally put it together this year, to see Jokic playing the way he is, uh, Jamal Murray continue to elevate his game in the playoffs. And then, as I mentioned, just the role players overall playing perfectly. Like The Nuggets are such a great example of what team basketball is. Yeah. Yes, you can have superstars, but if you have everyone else, if you have you know three through ten, buy into their roles, and that's what it can look like. You don't have to have some super team because they're not. Do they have Jokic? Yes, but they didn't go out in free agency uh, and spend a ton of money to get guys. They, The majority of their team is you know low-budget, decently like mid, mid-range free agents and guys that they drafted. Traded they, for they KCP. Kind of traded for yeah, KCP, and, and, and you pay Bruce Brown, I think, a two-year deal worth $13 million, so under $7 million a year. It, it doesn't take much, man. You just got to find guys that fit. And I think there's a there's an interesting parallel uh, you can make with the Grizzlies. It's just sort of trials and tribulations. Like It's not linear trying to get to that championship window. Sometimes you have to move off guys that you thought were going to be there for long term. I mean, you look at Dylan Brooks this offseason for the, for the Grizzlies. Um, all the rookies they tried out this year. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about those guys potentially being trade assets. Like I, You know, you have to move off guys that you thought were going to be around sometimes to, to get where you need to go. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it does correlate to the Grizzlies. It correlates to to any team that's in a smaller market that doesn't have necessarily the draw to get players 
like Anthony Davis and LeBron James right. and some some of these top level free agent superstars that it can be done. And we've we've seen it in the past. It's not completely unprecedented, but in the modern day age of NBA, it's it's really cool to see not only on the Nuggets side but also on the Heat side. And I've seen a lot of people say uh, if Jimmy Butler is able to to take the Heat to the finals and win it, it'll be the most impressive playoff run. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. At least since Dirk and Whiskey in 2011 with the Mavericks when they went and, and beat Miami in the first year of, of Wade, Bosch, and James. So it is cool to see, especially for Grizzlies fans that have obviously been a little hurt over the past month, uh, with the Grizzlies getting bounced by the Lakers, that there is hope, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and sometimes, like you said, it's not linear. It does take time, and it takes trial and error, and getting the right pieces on board, the right mix of and, veterans and young guys and superstars to make it happen. And experience, like I, I, it's it's not impossible to make it to an NBA Finals with your superstars being twenty three and twenty four years old. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but history tells you it's very. Improbable. It's not. It's not very likely. Usually, I mean, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, sort of that sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. You don't see. I mean, look look around the landscape of the playoffs right now. Like if we look at the the four teams that were just in the conference finals, uh, you have some younger guys with the Celtics, but you know Tatum. Look at them. Look at them folding. Right. Like it's different. You have Tatum and Jalen Brown, but they're down 0-3 in in the conference finals. And you look at the Heat, who are a very experienced team. Jimmy Butler's not a young superstar by any means. Uh, Bam Adebayo has been in the league, what, probably six or seven years now. Uh, Kyle Lowry, a major veteran. Um, And then on the other side, Lakers, not a young team. They do have a couple of young pieces, but their stars are older. Um, And then the Nuggets, you got got Jokic and Murray who are in that sweet spot that you're talking about. So it, it really... It really is difficult to get to that point without that experience. And with... We would be in so young with being a team with 23-year-old superstars like the expectation to get to a finals may be uh, a little far-fetched. Not that they're not incredible players and not that they can't do that one day, but I think it just takes experience and not only experience from the superstars, but experience from the players around them that, as I've kind of mentioned a couple of times, the role players that are, you know, have experience and are bought in yep. to their specific role. Mm-hmm. Talking with Christian Fowler at C Fowler BCM. Now uh, on the tiger front, holler at me, man. Uh, not a whole lot of space and opportunity, but, uh, Caleb Love decommits from Michigan. I, I, I think the Tigers, from what I am hearing, are actually going to show genuine interest this time around. I, this is a random thing I saw yesterday, but Ashton Hardaway was on uh, 
on Instagram Live with Ron Holland, who's a five-star who just got released from his NLI from Texas, although he's he's looking at the G League route right now. Um, I, I, I saw some smoke. Obviously, this is uh, uh, 2024, um, but Curtis Givens um, is, is sort of put down his final seven and Memphis is a part of it. What, what, what should we be paying attention to on the Tigers recruiting front? Man, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish, I wish, right there with I, you, I brother. Wish, I wish I had a bug in Penny Hardaway's office to know what the heck was going on. But, yeah, I'll start with the Caleb Love stuff. Um, our friend Parth at the Daily Memphian kind of put out that they didn't that Memphis didn't reach out to Caleb Love the first time around once he committed to Michigan, and now that he has decommitted, they are ex- expected to reach out and, as you mentioned, show genuine interest. And why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's a a talented point guard. Yes, I know people uh, don't like specific things about him, his inefficiency, and how much he shoots, but. Um, you need someone on this team that's going to take shots. You have guys that can score but are not score-first guys, uh, a lot of unselfish players on the roster right now. And I'm not saying you need selfish guys by any means. I don't think that helps anyone out. But I think you do need someone that's comfortable taking those shots in big moments and someone that can take some of the pressure off of guys like Caleb Mills and Jonathan Pierre, TFL, TFL Leonard, some of these guys that – Memphis is bringing in uh, from the transfer portal. I think you need someone to take that pressure off of them. And I think a player like Caleb Love, who can be a primary ball handler uh, and who is not afraid of the moment, has played in the national championship game, has taken you know big shots in big games, has played against some of the best players and the best teams in the country, I, I think I think the the reward outweighs the risk with a player like Caleb Love. And I know some people may not be huge fans of it, but it's – it's what's left. It's the best option of what's left. So why not at least, at least give it a shot? At and you're not see. tying yourself to him for an extended period of time, right? No, like you don't have guy. you don't have any 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 other options. He's got one year left. If he is out there and he is for the taking, and he's not, you know, I obviously think the Mizzou tie would be pretty tough there with what Dennis Gates has going on at Mizzou and with his ties to St. Louis. He went to Christian Brothers in St. Louis. Like I think there's. Uh, that seems like a very likely scenario for him. But if he's out there for the taking, why the hell not? I mean, he, he's the best. He's the best opportunity, best situation um, that, that's left in the portal right now for a veteran point guard, table setter type guy, scorer as well. Right, and I and I'm right there with you on that. And the way that I kind of framed it last night is that if you had three or four elite options that were interested and had you know had expressed genuine interest in coming. To Memphis, like let's say you had Jameer Nelson Jr., right. uh, Jordan Dingle, and and Caleb Love. Would Caleb Love be my first choice in that scenario? No, probably not. But that's just not where we're at right now. You know that 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 point guard market is dry. It is well, it's but it's it's so competitive that even in that time right. period when those when those players were out there, they're getting ridiculous offers. And now I'm not talking about schools. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about uh, talking about NIL money. So there's a huge amount of competition for that. I believe there will still be competition for Caleb Love. But at this point, most rosters have started to take pretty good shape, and I would swing for the fences on Caleb Love. Um, on the NIL front, well, how do you think Memphis is doing? Like I, I saw this Memphis rebounder situation where um, they're, they're basically there's a minimum suggested donation of $1,000, and you can hang out with Penny Hardaway at his house on June 10th. It feels like they're, they're pulling out all the stops to try to get as much money flowing through the, the NIL collectives and everything as, as possible. Yeah, I mean, if you're not at a 
at a huge, massive school that brings in a ton of money and is known for bringing in a ton of money, uh, i.e. a lot of these SEC schools or just a lot of powerhouse programs in the country, then you have to get creative. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously the allure of Penny Hardaway helps with that, absolutely. Like If Memphis didn't have a coach like Penny Hardaway right now, I think they'd be struggling a lot more. Uh, luckily they have a guy with, with arguably the biggest name value of any coach in college just as far as star power goes, so I think they have that working in their favor. Uh, but, yeah, I think they've got to be creative. Obviously, being in Memphis and being not at a, as I mentioned, a powerhouse school that is just known for bringing in ridiculous amounts of money. Um, so I, I don't think they're in some dire, terrible spot. But, I mean, just honestly, from the landscape of it, I don't think they're in the most amazing spot either. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's been a lot of sort of discussions about, you know, promises and not having it follow through. One thing that does give me a little bit of hope consistently, though, is I feel like there's a lot of good relationship builders within that that coaching staff. Andy Borman, uh, Slick Rick, Penny Hardaway. You see, I, I know you heard with, with Kendrick Davis, and you've talked with Kendrick Davis about this in the past, but uh, him talking about Penny Hardaway versus NIL and how that all uh, shook out in his recruiting process. He said it was about 60% Penny, 30% some of the guys on the Grizzlies, and about 10% NIL. Now, granted, he, he loves Penny Hardaway, so if you want to hear a, a positive spin on anything uh, Penny Hardaway-related, Kendrick is the guy to talk to about that, but that definitely gives you some hope because they still have guys they that, that, that really can create those relationships behind closed doors. Yeah, and every single player is not going to be the most concerned. NIL is not going to be their number one priority. Now, you, I mean, obviously, but a lot of them, hell, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, yeah. The direction I'm going, I mean, yeah. it, it is a, it's a big deal. Like, look, we can't dance around the point. Like, oh, it doesn't matter that much. It's more about coaching and. Uh, standard of the school and all this. But at, at this day and age in college athletics, it's not. It is. The money is the biggest draw. But there are still top-level talented players who aren't as concerned about the money. Now, what does that mean? I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that that's the cure-all for everything because that you know, 10 to 15% of players, whatever it is, um, that are prioritizing other, other things over NIL, you're not going to get a team full of those guys. It's just not going to happen. Um but, yeah, it, it, having those relationship builders, having guys on the staff that have been around college basketball, uh, namely Rick Stansberry and what he brings, I think he he brings an NIL, NIL presence because he has been a head coach in this landscape and he's, you know, gotten top caliber players at Western Kentucky, you know, during the NIL era. So I think he brings some savvy to that and I think he brings resources to that as well. Um, so I think I don't think they're in a terrible spot. Like I said, I think they're in a good spot. I think obviously there was something that Penny realized, and I think that's the multiple layers of why Rick Stansberry was such a good hire. Now, last thing I want to discuss with you, again, this is Christian Fowler at C. Fowler BCM. You can find our podcast on the Bluff Pod, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, but Pat Narduzzi, uh, coach at Pitt, was talking about Deion Sanders and what he's done with the portal I saw this, this offseason. And he said that's not the way it was meant to be. He, sa- he says he thinks it's a bad reflection on college football coaches across the country. One, Didn't Pat I, Narduzzi bring in 26 transfers? Right. But one, like I would that. say to Pat Narduzzi, brother, I know you have told guys to find other opportunities before. Yeah. Okay, you've been you've been coaching for way too damn long to not have 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 ventured into those waters even previous to the the transfer and freedom of movement. But um what do you think though like ultimately about the messaging here and and what do you think about Dion and and, and the portal use? There's like seven there's 70 guys. 
about the 65, 70 guys that, that, that are up out of there, and, and probably a lot of them got forced out. They were a bad football team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm with you. The, the only thing I'd say before – I'm sorry to, to cut you off. The only thing I'd say is I, I, I am not being, a, being formerly uh, a, a, a football player, a, a, a student athlete. I don't think it's the best business to treat 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds with no grace on the way out. Like I think they should get some grace in 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 the in that regard. I'm not saying that that Dion is completely wrong for trying to overhaul the roster and make them competitive. Colorado desperately wants to be competitive and he's doing a good job by that administration and and by that football program having 45,000 plus in for a spring game, right? Like he's bringing <laughs> yeah. positive uh, at least uh, eyeballs to a program that has had no eyeballs. But at the same time, I do think you need to treat some of these some of these college athletes with some damn grace every once in a while. One hundred percent, and I think that's where this conversation is kind of kind of convoluted because it is it is twofold. If you're Deion Sanders, I totally understand clean house. This team was not good. There weren't many talented Power Five level players on the team, or so it seems. I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched all of all eleven of Colorado's losses last year, but just from the lack of competitiveness that they showed in the Pac-12 last year, I would imagine they didn't have a lot. The cupboard was pretty bare. Um, so to start fresh, you know, first-year head coach, you know you're going to have a couple of years to build the program. Clean it out and bring your guys in if I'm Deion Sanders. Now, on the flip side of that, as you mentioned, with these being 18-, 19-, 20-year-old college students, absolutely they deserve to be treated with respect. The Kind of the rumors that he wasn't allowing players to have their film and stuff, I think that is absurd. I don't, I don't see how you could do that or get away with that if a player – if you're forcing a player out the door and you won't allow them to have access to their film to try to land somewhere else, I totally disagree with that. I don't think that's cool at all. These players should have opportunities to go elsewhere, even if they are uh, going down a level or you know going to a smaller school, whatever the case may be. Uh, they deserve to have access to the stuff to allow them to continue their collegiate career. So mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a difficult conversation because on the coaching side of it, it makes sense. Like if you. If you're a head coach in the NFL and you take over a bad team, D'Amico Ryan's a perfect example of this, a big roster overhaul is, is necessary. It is due for that team, um, but it's different in the NFL. It, obviously, yep. it's a lot different in the NFL. So I get the, the, the idea of you know cleaning it out, starting fresh, getting new guys in, getting what you feel like are more talented players in, but harming players on the way out and not allowing them to have access to their film or whatever the case may be, because we've heard some of those stories and stuff. I don't condone that. I don't think that yeah. part, that part is cool. So it is a it is a little bit of a difficult conversation. Uh, the film conversation in itself might be a little difficult, considering I don't know any coach. I'll, I'll say this, Christian. I don't know any coach that's going to give you spring ball right when they got in. I don't know if they're going to give you spring ball film. Right. Oh, is that, like, is that all they were? They weren't asking. They were for asking like, for spring okay. because they didn't have okay. game film. Well, some of them were asking for game film. So they, the, right. the, 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 I think Colorado, the program, they had to uh, sort of clean that up and give them the game film that they so desired. But I don't know any coach that's in the business of giving away spring spring camp film. But hey, it is Heck what it no, is. Especially like, not a, especially not a first year head coach. That's right. Completely new. They, they just got in there in the spring. Right. You know, right. they, you don't want to show the, the the schemes and everything else you're going to run. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you ultimately. I, I, it's just been a, it's been an interesting process. I do think if this works out for Colorado 
and for Deion Sanders, the precedent it could set for other coaches that may be on the hot seat, that, that take over a really bad program, the precedent it could set is pretty insane. If, 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 this, if this turns into a six-win team and they end up making a bowl after going 1-11, and other coaches are going to take, take notice of that and probably start uh, – some of them will start acting in a, in a similar fashion, I'd imagine. Yeah, but how many how many coaches actually have that the ability to, to go turn out a ro- yeah turn over a roster well, sixty well, the, for the, sixty the, the ability to do that as far as just being able to get capable bodies in there and then just not worrying about the PR nightmare that it could be because right. Dion doesn't care like we've seen that <laughs> Dion doesn't care he's going to speak his he mind doesn't. he's going to do he's going to do what he thinks is right and what is necessary and he's not apologizing and you don't have a lot of a lot of coaches in general that are going to go about it that way. So uh, it could it happen? Yes, but I just don't see many other faces in college football or in college athletics in general that just don't care that much about what anyone thinks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you the man, bro. Appreciate you joining. We'll holler at you next week. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Yes, sir. That's Christian Fowler at C Fowler BCM, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media on the Bluff Pod. You can find it YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast is where you can find that. Now, we have to go ahead and transition into the Blitz. Dylan Brooks is a target for a certain team in the NBA. That'll be mentioned in the Blitz. And also, have a couple of NFL uh, nuggets to get to, including Lamar Jackson finally showing his face after five months of uh, no-shows for the Ravens. We'll be right back on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. 92.9. Now, the biggest stories. Overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM, ESPN, Memphis' sports station. All right, Gabe. Today we start off with an island that I've had to abandon, unfortunately. Dylan Brooks is a target for the Rockets according to Kelly Iko of The Athletic. The lost city of Atlantis, you mean? Yes. Got swept away. It did. Swept away a by Chernobyl a tsunami. Level it's gone, event. yes. Um, it about four but weeks yeah, ago. No, under any circumstances, no circumstances, he coming back to the Grizzlies, apparently, we learned from Shams. But um, Rockets make sense. I mean, they make sense. If you get James Harden, you get Dylan Brooks involved with that team, I think they could be substantially better. You could have a culture setter. And Dylan Brooks, he could bring along those young players, Jalen Green, KPJ, Alperin Shangun, who I don't really think needs a whole lot of bringing along. Jabari Smith is a defensive player, as a, a shot blocker. I think he could help pretty substantially. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think the Rockets should be the end of the discussion for Dylan Brooks by any stretch of the imagination. There should be other takers out there for him, mid-level type, type guy, 10 to $15 million. The vet minimum discussions were always stupid. I'm telling you right now, they were always stupid. That, that he's, he's worth more than that. He is an all-NBA defensive player. He has scored 14 points per game throughout his career. And he's still relatively young. He's, he's a vet, but he's still relatively young. He's still got a lot to give. I think the Sun should be involved. Realistically, why, why wouldn't they be involved? Um, the Heat should be a team that, that may need to get involved. I, I think he could fit there. Um, my, my outside thought, again, I, I, I think people – I don't think it's likely, but I think it's, it's a relatively sensical. It makes sense. The Warriors – they need bench scoring, and they need bench defense. They need somebody to be able to provide that type of thing. Um, but, no, I don't think, I don't think the Rockets are going to be the only, only taker. But if James Harden's back there, if Dylan Brooks get, gets added to that roster, um, 
that could be an interesting situation. They could actually win 40-plus games. Like, I really do believe that. I think they have enough young talent, and if you have those two type of two, two guys of that ilk, they could win more than 22 games. That, that, that goes without saying. I do think it would be an interesting conversation. Southwest Division with the Rockets, four times a year you're seeing Dylan Brooks. I still have questions about what the reception will be first time Dylan Brooks steps back into FedEx Forum, right? Like, isn't that an intro? I, I think... I think it, it's sort of a it, it'll be a mixed reception, don't you think? I don't know if he'll get massive booze. I don't. I actually think it's going to be a very warm. You one. think it'll be warm? I, I think no it matter will what. I think it will be. I think that the reaction from the fan base to the Shams uh, news drop about where it said under no circumstances and how people kind of reacted, I think it weirdly made people realize that, damn, you know, like that's not the way to treat that guy. We need like he gave us a lot of years. He got a lot of effort. Yeah, it ended badly, but ultimately, I think. His time in Memphis was a success. He helped start build something here. He deserves to be cheered. He deserves no boos. And I think that also when he got booed in the playoffs, people kind of went at those fans. They're like, we cannot do that to our guys. I do have a sense, though, that the revenge tour of Dylan Brooks, if he were to come into FedEx Forum as a rocket and beat the Grizzlies – the trash he'd talk after the game, the discussions that would be had, I think it, I think I think that would uh, maybe sort of change the conversation. But at the same time, uh, Dylan should be a target for multiple teams. I don't think this is the end all be all of where he'll end up. But it, but it makes a lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. They can pay him the money uh, that he deserves, and uh, he he could have a a role. He could have a pretty substantial role offensively, which is what he was missing, what he thought he was missing with the Grizzlies. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I do think, I do think the back and forth of him being in the Southwest Division, seeing him four times a year, that would just be interesting. That's all. That's, all, that's what I'm put it at. That's what I'm put it at. I I think the Rockets make a lot of sense for Dylan Brooks. I don't want him to be a Rocket for that very reason. I would rather not have to play him four times a year. Some of the teams that I wrote down is I think he'd make sense for the Knicks. I really do. Okay. I think he makes sense for them. I think he makes sense for the Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, and Hawks. I think the Hawks are kind yeah. of looking for a wing guy. They need somebody there. It's funny, like. As much as we got a little, we got annoyed with Dylan Brooks at the end. His type of player is valuable, man. Well, as the playoffs it's have gone no, on, it's no, yeah. there's no doubt that he's he's a valuable type of player in today's NBA. A guy who can potentially go create his own shot, who can potentially get to the rim. We know his shot when he creates those shots. Sometimes he can be a chucker and he'll miss them. But the defensive upside is always going to be there. He's going to give you everything he has. He can play 35 minutes a night. There's value in being a wing player that can provide those things in the NBA. So, I, I mean, yeah, we can be disinterested, disenchanted by what has happened with Dylan Brooks in a Grizzlies uniform, but that does not count out everybody else valuing him a certain way. Absolutely, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, he can help your team win if he understands his role, and that's just going to be the biggest question mark for him. Another understands reason, or accepts, too. Like, that's another yeah. thing with the well, Grizzlies. that's true. That's true. Another thing... A reason why I think that it's not going to be ugly with the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks whenever he comes back is it was pretty clear that his I don't think his camp thinks the Grizzlies use that language based yeah. on what his agent was saying. So I don't know if there's any like ill will toward the Grizzlies from them. I think you know it just made sense for the teams for, but, but for it to break Brooks, up. Dylan Brooks strikes me as a guy with a lot of pride. And guys with a lot yeah, of pride, like, they get told, know. hey, you're not worth it for us to have on the team I, anymore. I don't know if that's what he was we're, told, we're going, though. No, but we're going to move on from you. I, I I would imagine, especially based on what he said in exit interviews, this is just my thoughts on it. I, I have no way of knowing exactly what happened in his exit meeting. But I would imagine based on his tone after with the press, 
I'd imagine they said, hey, we're probably going to look in a different direction. And, and guys with right. a whole lot of pride can take that pretty – they can take that to heart. I think if he gets paid, he doesn't care. Yeah, no, okay. I can, I can understand Like, ultimately, that. I think if he gets paid and he's playing basketball, he's going to be fine. Now, and he me, will, that will happen. Now, so. <laughs> yeah. now, the funniest way this can all end is if it ends with Draymond on the Grizzlies <laughs> oh, and Dylan on the Warriors. Lord. That's Could the funniest imagine? way this can, this can end. Could you imagine? Because I'm telling you, like, I, I would put Warriors in probably top two fits. For Dylan Brooks. Really? Like, truthfully, going into the offseason. Like, if basketball fits. Right. Basket, strictly basketball <laughs> fits. From a from a, a, a personality locker standpoint, locker room standpoint. GP2 looking at him no with the side eye. There's no chance I think you could have him coexist in a locker room with Draymond Green. And, and GP2, that would be a complicated situation as well. And I think Steve Kerr really has his... his Probably a little bit of ill will there toward Dylan Brooks. Trust me, I think Steve Kerr can convince himself that any player on his team is uh, yes, fine. Yes, we'll just say yes. that with some of the bench guys that they may or may not have that have allegations. I'll right. just say that. Now, um, Go rewrite your code. I, uh, I, I, I think that from a basketball sense, that would be a top two fit. They, they are missing dramatically. Like, look at their issues this year. Defense and bench production. He could help with that immediately. I mean, immediately. Now, the money part of it would be very complicated for them because they're paying into the luxury tax. The new CBA is going to make them pay even more. Uh, and Clay Thompson's coming up on a deal. They have to see what they're going to do with Draymond. They're still paying Jordan, Jordan Poole a lot. Steph Curry's still going to make a, a bunch of money every single year. So, like, the money part of it could be complicated for them if they're paying him $12 million a year on an extended contract. But I think from a basketball sense, I have stood by this since the day Shams dropped his report. From a basketball sense... It makes a lot of sense. It really, really does. It does. And I think he'd walk in that locker room and see GP2 and say, I see dead people. <laughs> because apparently he died in that playoff series. That, yes, that would be such a complicated... Uh, uh It'd be such a complicated locker room situation, but they 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 can maneuver. They can maneuver. They've had they've had different issues. As long as somebody doesn't they've punch had, anybody. Yeah, as you say, they've had different issues with their locker room, and yeah. I uh, they they could probably uh, get by. Next up, we got an NFL rules change. A one-year trial for a fair catch on a kickoff will be placed at the 25-yard line regardless of where it is fielded, same as college rules. I hate the college rules, so I'm going to go out and say <laughs> I, I do not like this. The proposal is designed to counteract a pop-up or pin kickoff that some teams use to pin return teams deep in their own territory. And I do think from a health standpoint, Sure, this is a fine move. Concussion rates on kickoffs have surged over the past two seasons. Uh, they're nearly twice as high as the average offensive or defensive player. And even with that, 60% of the time over the last two years, kickoffs have been touchbacks. So, like, I mean, we, we've almost cut out the kickoff return, I think a pretty exciting play, right, out of the game and still guys are getting injured at a high rate because of how much of a run-up the kickoff team has, and the kickoff return team has to sit back, and they don't uh, get up enough momentum to really meet force with force. So you have issues there. Um, but I don't like the idea of basically taking away the play altogether. There's no reason now not to fair catch. If someone hits you, it's a pop-up, and they're trying to pin you, why wouldn't you call a fair catch and, and try to get the ball at the 25? It's better for your offense. It's better for everybody involved. Um, I understand the safety concerns, but I think there's a massive devaluing of special teams in this situation. I think good kickoff and kickoff return units are big in the game of football, and they need to be valued. Kickers 
who are good at the skill of pinning opponents into their own territory. That should be valued. And I, and I don't think this does anything for them. I know this is wild, what I'm about to say. I know this is wild. But have you seen the XFL kickoff return rules? Have you seen them? They put the guys five yards away from each other. They have uh, the kickoff and the kickoff return team right there. They kick off from the same exact spot. They have their returner back, and you meet force with force from five yards away, and the returner has a chance to go take it wherever he needs to take it. And, and you sort of uh, – it could still be a touchback. You could still have those issues um, with, with 60% of the guys kicking it out of the back of the end zone because the truth of the matter is NFL kickers have really massive legs, right? But I, I think with what you're doing with letting them fair catch and get it at the 25 with the amount of touchbacks we already have, again, 60%, you're making an exciting play almost go away. Completely. I get it's a one-year trial, and they may completely nullify it, but I have long said because of the health issues, because of the the amount of times it gets kicked out of the back of the end zone, we need to sort of reevaluate how we look at kickoff and kickoff return. And um, I, I know it's uh, people are very resistant to change, so what I just said about the XFL rules may uh, fall on deaf ears to a lot of folks, but, but I think it would be a positive change to the game. Lamar Jackson has showed up for second round of OTAs. It's the first time he has been available for the Ravens in five months. So my question to you is, what do you expect from Lamar Jackson in 2023? Um, let's just think about, on the surface, what Lamar Jackson has going into this year. Not only does he have a new contract, the highest paid contract in the NFL's history on a per-year basis, but he has Odell Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, who people will slap down, but he's been a pretty productive pro wherever he's been at in the NFL. Zay Flowers is a first-round pick at wide receiver. Rashad Bateman back healthy. He has a good offensive line that they've invested in. J.K. Dobbins is a year-plus removed from injury. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, they'll miss Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell's been a stalwart for them. He's been there forever. But the defense will still be relevant. It always is in Baltimore. And their linebacking core is great. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. And... New offensive coordinator, Todd Monk. And I think a lot of people are curious how that ends up working. Pro-style concepts, less pistol read option stuff, uh, maybe a little less use of the legs uh, compared to Greg Roman and the offense that he ran in Baltimore. But I've seen Lamar Jackson in a pro-style concept. Not at the pro level, but in college. Bobby Petrino ran it. And, and, and do you remember what happened in college at Louisville when Bobby Petrino was calling offense for Lamar Jackson? He was very good. He ran for his last two years, his last two years at Louisville. He ran for 3,172 yards. <laughs> he had a TD to uh, INT ratio of 57 to 19, and he won a Heisman. So to answer your question, Connor, what do I expect? I expect a damn good year where his passing numbers, Lamar Jackson's passing numbers, will rival 2019 when he won the MVP of the NFL altogether. I expect a awesome, awesome year from Lamar Jackson. Now, we'll, we'll see what the Ravens look like. It's always a tough division that you have to deal with. The Bengals are there at the top. It's, it's always rough and tumble. The Steelers may be improved, right? So, um, I mean, the Browns could, could potentially be, be tough if Deshaun Watson has a bounce-back year at quarterback. But... Um, 
I expect Lamar Jackson to be clicking on all cylinders, and I, I think he'll be very uh, happy with the situation he's in right this second. But that'll do it for the Blitz. We have to wrap up the show. We'll do that next with the Rewind. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play about like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. We got the brooms out last night. Nuggets handle business and sweep the Lakers. And now LeBron says he's contemplating his future in basketball. Do I believe he'll retire? No. But mostly that's because he feels immortal. This shows mortality. And I'm not used to that. Ultimately, if his name wasn't LeBron James, it's a pretty damn normal thought for a 38-year-old NBA basketball player. But again, he is LeBron James. But context clues seem to be important here. He's talked about wanting to play with Bronny. He can't do that for another year. The All-Star Game is potentially in L.A. in 2025, and he seems like a guy who could be served well by a farewell tour. So I ultimately don't think it'll happen. We'll see. But all that said, we can uh, we, we need to acknowledge that the Nuggets just made their first NBA Finals. <laughs> and LeBron has completely buried the storyline. Completely buried it by himself. It feels intentional. It's a cold world, even when it is hot outside. This is just another reminder of that, but if you want to play back the whole show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The Celtics at the Heat, 730. Heater, a one-point favorite. The corpse of the Celtics, you mean? Yeah, the corpse of the Celtics. I cannot pick against Hemi Butler. I get it. I can't do it. Like, honestly, right now, like, watching how the Celtics played, the flies are there, the buzzards are circling. Like, it's just, <laughs> come on, man. The flies <laughs> are starting to pick apart the body of the corpse. I just, Celtics looked completely disinterested. They look like Jeremy Renner at the end of the town. I'll just say that. Eyes were big, uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I buy the Celtics. I, I can I can get behind that pick. We'll see if they can at least win one game. The Celtics, maybe. We'll see. Fast forward. Fast forward. Potential Heat closeout tonight. They'd become the second eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals in the history of the NBA outside the 98-99 Knicks. And then I have to say, if they do close it out tonight, we do have unfortunate news. Heat potentially going to get done. Eight-day layoff before the finals. The NBA, what do you think? Flex scheduling? We need to go flex scheduling around the NBA finals. I mean, we need to make that a reality. I don't need an eight-day layoff. People will, it, it, it sort of escapes people's minds for those eight days. That's way too long to not be on TV and in front of people. Um, but tomorrow, the radio voice of the Grizzlies, Eric Hasseltine, will join the show to talk some Grizzlies and NBA, and also Jeff, of course, in his normal spot at 5. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Christian Fowler and Jeff Calkins for their contributions to today's show. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. But in the meantime, Joe and Amber are next. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. WMFS-FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS-Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language. Like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. 
You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.